welcome to the North Witch Podcast with your hosts, Azariel Flame and Sandra Von Holland. In this podcast, we explore all the things that can help us to be better and improve our lives in body, mind, and spirit. Looking at everything from witchcraft, sorcery, woo-woo, spirituality, biohacking, the mundane, and everything in between. We occasionally have on guests from various backgrounds, practices, and philosophies. We welcome everyone from all walks of life, from the left-hand path to the right-hand path, from the medical to the holistic, from the woo-woo to the scientific and everything in between. We have conversations and discussions about our experiences over the years, what works for us, what hasn't worked, and explore new theories and science, trying them out, seeing what works, and debunking what doesn't. Thank you for joining us on this wicked adventure along the crooked path as we adventure into the mysterious and wonderful world and welcome what truly works for us to become better witches, sorcerers, magicians, and our best selves so that we can live our best lives. May these conversations help you to ignite the light within. The views expressed by our guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of us here at Northwich Magic Co. All of the information shared on this podcast is anecdotal and shared for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or financial advice. Always consult a doctor, physician, or professional in their field before trying any of the things that may be discussed on this channel. Magic and holistic healing should work alongside allopathic care when necessary. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the North Witch Podcast. This is Azariel Flame here, and today's awesome guest is Allison Chikoski. Allison is a scholar and practitioner of a variety of forms of thaumaturgy with a focus on results-based magic. While especially interested in both Solomonic magic and the Greco-Egyptian magic of the Greek magical papyri, she is also well-versed in soul flight and psychic magic of various kinds. The founder and force behind Practical Occult, she strives to, strives to provide pentacles and other enchanted items drawn from a broad background of rigorously studied ancient arts, leveraging the systems of the past for practical modern use. So we're happy to have you on here today, Allison, and how are things going today? Things are great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, for sure. Um, I absolutely have been waiting for this interview because you're one of my favorite people in the world. So this is hopefully going to be really fun. <laughs> all right. right. You know, so you know all about pentacles because you make them too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we've got a few listener questions here for you today. And uh, I think we'll just kind of dive right into it. Um, you know, you're really most famous for being, you know, the queen of pentacles. You have some of the most efficacious pentacles on the planet. Um, I have a couple of them and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, we did actually have a question from a reader um, and they or a listener and they said, uh, can you ask Allison what she recommends for employing the pentacles? I've created a pentacle and I'm just not sure how to work with it and how to talk to the spirits to get the magic to happen. So do you have any suggestions for that? Uh, yes. So uh, pentacles can be used a lot of different ways. Uh, that's that's one of the things I love about uh, this system and these spirits. Uh, they're very clever. And you see it used uh, not just in Solomonic magic, which is where it comes from, but you also see them used in folk magic. So I, you know, I've even seen people that do things like uh, drawing a pentacle on the side of their seven day glass candle and then burning it to try to get those results. So there's really a lot of different things that you can do with them. Uh, I personally, uh, because I am um, into the Greek magical papyri, usually use the uh, the opener from the uh, Stella of Jew, 
which is uh, subject to me, all spirits, um, you know, that, that line. Um, and I, I just, you know, say that to kind of like get their attention. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also possible to just take the pentacle and hold it and say, spirits of this pentacle, uh, come to my aid and just ask them for what you want. So they do all have names. Uh, you can do it with a ritual, but you can also just talk to them uh, or write a petition, uh, say the petition out loud, do a little um, tea light, uh, maybe burn a stick of incense. Um, but, but honestly, I've, I've even petitioned them on the fly when I've had uh, like a situation where I couldn't do a ritual like maybe I'm driving or something and I, I really need traffic to move um, or, or something else to happen. And I'll just kind of tap it and be like, hey guys, do the thing. Um, with the caveat that um, because I do this professionally and I work with them all of the time, um, I have a really close connection with them. So someone who hasn't made that close connection might get different results. Um, but I, I can't necessarily say because I'm, I'm not that person. Um, <laughs> for sure <laughs> but yeah yeah that totally makes sense so then do you recommend that uh if they have these pentacles or they've created them should they be giving daily offerings or weekly offerings to the spirits of the pentacles no, you need. Know, for, no need there, there is fantastic no need. um i mean you you can certainly uh light some incense for them and give thanks um Sometimes I'll, I'll leave like fruit out or, or something like that, like a, like an apple offer to them. Um, but honestly, it's, it's that uh, these things that they're doing with the pentacles, it's like their job that they're happy to have. So it would be like, like going to someone who just loves gardening and loves flowers and saying like, hey, can you help me with my gardening? And they're just happy to, to help. So that's generally the attitude that I, I get from the pentacle spirits. They're, they're just pleasant and happy to help. Awesome. And now do you find that that is because that is their specific station and that's their specific job? They're just, yes. they're really, really into just performing that function? Yes, that's, that's exactly it. Awesome. Um, and then we've got uh, another reader question here uh, and they're, Asking about the Greek magical papyri, and they know that you are a scholar of it, and they see you in very active in the PGM group. And so they're asking, what is your take on it when the spells say to do the usual? What what oh. do you do there? Yes, so um, um, do the usual. So when you look at it in the Greek, uh, it's a single word, and the word is uh, the word for common. So I take that to mean just say what you want in the common tongue. Uh, so for example, um, a lot of these are petitions where you're almost like reading the book and then it, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, now just ask for what you want here. Um, and that's, you know, do the usual, that's how I interpret that. So I, I, do, not, I do not interpret it to be some sort of like lost priest tech that everyone would have known at the time which is one of the things that I hear floating around. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I've seen other people say that it, it means that you need to, you know, do some fasting beforehand or you need to be clean beforehand or you need to give your offerings or whatever. There, there seems to be a lot of 
different theories floating around on that. So, right, and, that, and real, real quick, if we can stay on that for a moment, um, the way that I interpret that is because uh, because the Greek magical papyri is not, it's only a single book because it's been translated to be a single book. If you, if you go back and look at the history of them, um, they're just all different texts. Uh, and, you know, and they were written at different times. They don't necessarily go together other than that they were all written in Greek in the same time period. So something that you see where one spell might say, oh, you must purify yourself for seven days, and then it's vague about what that means, that doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to any other spell. So I know a lot of people are, are looking for like a complete system in the PGM. And I think that there's a lot of threads that you can follow, but I don't think that just because something comes up in one spell that you have to apply to all of the other spells. Yeah, that totally makes sense for sure. Um, and then there was also multiple scribes that were writing these and multiple sorcerers working on it. So and some is Egyptian based, some is, you know, more Christian based working with Yahweh. And, you know, there's and there is a whole variety of different gods in there. Um, so when when you're working this system, do you see it um, as kind of a cohesive thing? Or do you see this kind of as just pieces of magic that worked in late antiquity from all different areas? Because, you know, like in some spells, you might be calling on Horus and Osiris, and then all of a sudden you're calling upon Yahweh and Yehovah and uh, maybe Sabaoth or whatever, and there's this whole mixture of deities. How, how do you see that working together? And what, why do you think that there is such a, a efficaciousness behind the magic when we're using deities from all these different cultures together? Um, so to start with, I would say that the more I look into uh, the Greek magical papyri, the more it's based in Egyptian magic, even if it's got a gloss of other um, other systems over it. Um, so I do think it's very Egyptian. Uh, and I do think that, I think that there is a cohesive system going on there, um, but that it's complicated and it would be hard for folks to figure out. Um, so I, I do think that it's extremely based on solar theology and that a lot of the practitioners have syncretized um, various deities with both the sun and also the sun in the different hours. Uh, so I, I gave a presentation last year about one of the PGM spells where it talks about the different forms of the sun. And there's, there's, a, there's several of those spells, um, but it'll, it'll say like in the first hour you have the form of a cat, in the second hour you have the form of the dog, and it just goes through that. Um, it turns out that that's tracing the sun's path through a 24 hour period as it's moving into different zones. Uh, so when there's uh, different, um, how do I put this? Uh, someone of the time period who is familiar with the constellations and familiar with the stories behind them could effectively syncretize that and say, oh, that's this, because I'm familiar with this astrology and that astrology, and it's all referring to the section of the sky. So, so I think that it is possible to have a cohesive system out of it, but I think that there's a lot of different threads you have to unravel before you get to that. 
So like, yes or no. <laughs> that, that makes sense for sure. Um, and so uh, another listener question here for you, just to put, keep putting you on the spot with them. Um, what is your favorite spell or the most efficacious spell you have used from the PGM? Ooh, well, uh, I think right now it's, uh, it's the one that I use to consecrate the Cairo Zodiac. And uh, I'm probably going to blank on the uh, name of the citation for the spell off the top of my head, unless I look it up. But it's it's the consecration for all purposes, the spell to Helios, uh, and I have a resource page on my site for that. Um, this is uh, you know the spell that I was talking about, where it has the the sun in the first hour and the second hour, etc. But uh, it starts off with like a, a narrative charm where it mentions creation, um, and it mentions the sun, the sun's part in creation, and how you know, when the sun came into being, like, the earth flourished. Uh, and and the spell, by calling upon those energies, causes the target of the spell to also flourish. Um, and so you're, you're going through and requesting all of the various boons that the sun can grant from its position in the sky. Um, and I found that this is amazing as a self-targeted spell. Uh, so it can be a request for divine favor in addition to consecrating an object. Uh, the objects that are consecrated with it are very, very powerful. Um, I'm getting reviews about them every week now that they've been out for, for a couple months. Um, but even just self-targeting it, um, you kind of rise like the sun to do it. Um, People that have been in very difficult circumstances find their circumstances just get better and better every day. Yeah, fantastic. And actually, uh, I just did that a couple of days ago because you had suggested it. And I can honestly say that uh, the next day I started feeling way, way, way better. So if you spell. guys, if you guys have a copy of the Betts translation, check that one out and do it, I believe you had me do it at sunset. And then um, there was a little bit of an extra part that you add at the end there. Do you wanna maybe let people know what that is? Yeah, so I've, I've done it a bunch of different ways. And I think that the things that I'm adding are not necessary, but can sometimes make it more powerful. So there was one case where I had um, a friend that I was trying to help and they just had all sorts of things going wrong in many areas of their life. So if I had tried to approach that from a planetary magic perspective, I would have had to have done several different spells to target the different areas of this person's life that were being affected. And I was like, eh, well, let's see if I can hit them all with this one spell. So I tried and uh, the, the time I did it, I timed it so that it happened right at sundown and uh, I, I added the extra Egyptian wording of um, basically saying that the sun isn't gonna rise unless, unless the situation resolves itself. So I tied the two things together in that the sun always rises. Um, and, that, and that's some, some sort of like verbiage that you see in Egyptian magic and also in the PGM where it will even say like, stop the boat of the sun, I need to do this. Very cool. 
Yeah, and it's amazing how you just instantly feel the energy of it when you do that spell. So definitely one people should check out if they haven't already. Um, now, on that note, what else? What is your favorite pentacle right now? I know that you have dabbled with pretty well all of them. What, what is the one? What is your go-to pentacle right now, and why? Uh, well, let me first start off in saying that I have definitely not dabbled with all of them because there's more than one book. Everyone's familiar with the uh, Key of Solomon, the Mathers version, but uh, there's other books. Yep. The like veritable key of Solomon. Veritable key. Yep. Right. And then there's a there there's additional ones. So um, I'm working through the other books too, but really there's hundreds. Um, and my favorite one is probably going to be the solar health um, for me. Uh, I I'm not wearing it right now. I swapped it out for the third of the sun for the interview, but um, I, I just find myself having more energy with the solar health. Um, and also, um, you know, I just feel more vigorous, right? Like if I take it off for too long, I start to feel my age and I'm like, Ooh, you know, sat wrong, you know, sat too long in this position, <laughs> a little baby, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, but I, I don't really, I don't really feel that with the solar health. So even, even though I'm in, re in really great health, um, I just wear it all the time. Awesome. And so do you find that since you've been wearing that, that uh, you, you know, are able to stave off sickness a little bit more than perhaps you would have before? Do you see any kind of an effect that way? Um, possibly, but I believe that it's more noticeable with the health pentacles that you're sick, but you don't feel it for a few days. So it, it like, Kind of manages the symptoms, uh, so I would uh, I would say like, ooh, I've been I've been kind of tired for like three days or, or something, and then and the next thing you know, like I realize I've been sick for you know days. Um, so that that tends to be how that manifests for me, uh, which is why I say say to folks like, you know, just because you're you know wearing a health pentacle doesn't mean that you can deny science or not take your meds or, you know, not do all of the other things that you'd normally be doing. This is all just complimentary. Yeah, for sure. And we say the same thing here at Northwich, you know, if we're selling you something that can help you with that, this does not replace any professional yes. advice or professional work. You yes. know, I firmly believe that modern science and ancient magic should work hand in hand. Absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've even seen a uh, seen in one case where um, I gifted a health pentacle to a friend who was sick and the way it seemed to work was that the medication that she was on started working much, much better than it was. Um, so definitely it was, uh, if that was the effect of the pentacle, it was working in conjunction with modern medicine. That's awesome. So in your bio, you have that you focus on a variety of forms of thaumaturgy. Could you explain for, to our listeners what thaumaturgy is and what it means to you? Yes. So I like to use the word uh, thaumaturgy instead of magic, because I feel like the word magic has been really watered down uh, over the years, right? You know, I'll, I'll see people talking about uh, the magic that they do, and, and I'll read it, and I'll be like, it's not actually magic. This is all psychology or 
um, like a self-help, personal growth stuff, things like that. Um, but what my, my real interest in is um, the sort of magic that you'd see in um, fantasy or, or, or fiction, right? Uh, and that's especially why I look to ancient magic because that's where you find all of these amazing accounts of people flying on carpets and uh, turning a wax effigy into something that can kill someone. Um, like you do, there, there's all these different stories and we look back on them and we say, oh, you know, those people back then, you know, they, they made up all these fake stories. But some of, some of the results that you can get with ancient magic of the PGM and, and others uh, really lead me to believe that there, there's probably truth there. So I'm definitely not at the point where I'm flying on a carpet um, and I will absolutely let everyone know when I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I'll just fly into the next convention, like on my carpet, and be like, nice. <laughs> "I can't wait." To see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I like to use the word thaumaturgy, which connotates miracle working or wonder working, and I think that's at the heart of what everyone really wants out of magic, right? Like, it's cool to have synchronicity, but you really want the big stuff. You know, people want fireballs. People want um, miraculous healing. People want uh, money from nowhere. Yeah, that's that's a very cool way of looking at it for sure. So going off of that then, um, since you do all of this ancient magic and whatever, what is one of the most miraculous miracles you have seen working these systems and with this magic? Um, I've seen a lot of health related miracles, but I'm hesitant to talk about them because uh, it involves people's medical history. And also, um, you know, like I said, I, I wanna be careful about, um, you know, talking about medical stuff, but that's, that's usually the case where it's the most obvious that it's magical intervention, because usually with medical situations, uh, you've got a prognosis and, you know, they can say, this will or will not get better. And, you know, if, if it's a case where they're like, wow, this is really bad. And then all of a sudden things get way better. As, you know, you can pretty much say like, oh, it was a thing that I did. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say, I, uh, I, do, I do like both uh, the Stella of Jew uh, and the second pinnacle of mercury for their ability to manipulate electronics, which I find very practical. Um, so I, uh, I, had a, I had an interview last year where right as I was just getting into the interview, uh, I lost my internet. And then I, like, I pulled it up on my phone and I went to my provider's website and they said, uh, yes, you've got an outage in your area. So it wasn't me, it was, it was a local area outage. Uh, and I ended up petitioning the second pentacle of Mercury and then putting it on my router. And I had internet for that whole video call. <laughs> That's awesome. Even, even, even as my provider was like, nope, your service is still out. <laughs> that is yeah, great. That's great. Uh, that's actually one that uh, you just reminded me that you told me to use, I think it was like a year or two ago, uh, using the six names from the Staley of Jew and then the, 
affirmation, you know, subject unto me all daemons, and then using it to command electronics. We had a couple instances where software wasn't working and printers were shutting down and everything else. And I did that. And, you know, you say spirits of my printer, please work now. And then boom, 30 seconds later, you're back in business. And it, it's really, like you say, it, it's like a miracle. And it's really cool that you can actually do that on the fly as you're doing things and things will get better and work. Yeah, I've, I've used it before to start my car to like jump my car when the battery was dead. And I've heard of other people doing the same thing. So it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. Now it doesn't work 100% of the time, because, um, you know, spirits can't fix 100% of the issues, right? Like if you've got machinery that's rusted or something like that, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. But it, it does work a lot of times for software issues and electronic issues. Uh, so things related to like power and electricity. And um, I mean, I've, I've used it on my, uh, my washing machine recently. But I was <laughs> going to have awesome. to get it serviced and now I don't. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Sandra, you've been pretty quiet there. Do you have any questions for Allison today that you've lined oh, up? Oh, I do. Um, I need to know more about Allison. Um, how did you become this? What was your journey to get here and how did you choose Pentacles as your big thing? Yeah, so uh, it's convoluted, right? Um, I, I've definitely always been spooky, right? I was a spooky little kid um, reading about the paranormal, um, seeing stuff here and there, um, you know, perceiving things that other people didn't. Um, and, and honestly, it was very scary in some, in some cases when I was growing up, um, which as a Scorpio probably just attracted me to it more. <laughs> Um, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to figure out what was going on because clearly we were living in a world that was more complicated than people were letting on, right? You know, there's, there's a, a lot of spirits out there, um, which I could perceive. So when people said that these things don't exist, uh, I didn't believe them. So, um, I largely did not get uh, very good training until I was an adult. Um, and I, I trained with Caroline Kenner, who was a local mentor. So when I talk about the um, tradition of uh, soul flight and uh, negotiating with spirits and such, that's uh, things that I trained with Caroline. And um, then after that, uh, I ended up getting into different Facebook groups on the occult, ended up making friends. Uh, I ended up making friends who are better at magic than I am. And you know, I asked them like, hey, what are you doing to get good results? And then I just followed those paths. So the reason why I came upon Pentacles is um, once again, back to the health issue, I had a friend who had a health issue that was serious and I was concerned about her. And it was advised that I should try to make her a health pentacle and see if that would help. Uh, so that was, that was the reason why I got into it. And then I found that uh, it was so effective and that there were so many other types of pentacles that it was, it was just fascinating, you know, that there was, there was something that this could be so seemingly easy to do and get such big results. 
so I had been doing that for um, definitely over a year. And then I got laid off of my corporate career that I had had for, for quite a long time. And I found myself looking around at, um, you know, LinkedIn and different sites that have job offers and, and, and dealing with the very real, the very real reality that I might have to put on a suit again and like get on a train and go to a city to sit in a cubicle at a place that I don't want to be and do that for a minimum of eight hours a day. So every, every, uh, every resume I sent off and, and whatever, I like kind of cringed as I sent it. Um, and then uh, as that was happening and I was still job hunting, um, the folks that knew me online and knew that I made pentacles contacted me and said, hey, do you ever sell any of your pentacles? Cause I'd like to buy some. And, uh, and I did. And then I thought, you know, this could, this could be a business. Uh, and it was something that I had already been doing so often, right? Like when I, when I say that I had, I'd made pentacles for at least a year, I mean like every week that it was proper to make a pentacle, you know? So I was, I was churning out like dozens of them a month, uh, oh, and just wow. giving them, just giving them away to friends that needed them. Right. And because they, you know, they help with health, they help with money, they help with love. And there's just a lot of people that need help with a lot of things. So I would, I wanted to, I wanted to get those to people that would benefit from them, but I also wanted to get feedback on how it was working out from them because I'm, I'm very into feedback and testing. And, uh, that's, that's another thing that I like to do with magic, you know? I got this result, but is that something that can be duplicated? You know, if I, if I give that to a friend who has similar needs, are they going to get a similar result? Let's say. That's great. And so do you just, um, how does it come to you on which pentacle or you just, you just know, tell us the, the process of, choosing the pentacle for each person? Oh, well, so they're, um, I'm making them out of books, right? Like the veritable key that I showed. So there's, uh, there's multiple books of pentacles and they all have descriptions about what they do. But sometimes those descriptions are vague. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll make it and then I will test it. And I'll also talk to the spirits. Um, like I'll, I'll do a ritual with a scryer and, um, you know, we'll get the spirits there and say, like, what do you do? How can you help us? And they'll, uh, they'll explain what they do. Excellent. Uh, what's next? What do you got next? I always um, have stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> if that was to me, about. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm writing more about the PGM this year. Uh, PGM being the abbreviation for the Greek magical papyri. The abbreviation is based off the Latin. Um, So I I definitely wanted to write more as folks have been asking me to write for years about this. And, uh, you know, it's hard because I want to do it justice, right? I don't want to just, you know, gloss over some of the important things and and it's been it's been very intensive study to to try to dig in the Egyptian magic and 
and follow these threads from, um, from that period, try to find out what's going on. So I have, I have several new types of pentacles coming on. Um, one of them is from the variable key that I mentioned. Um, I have, uh, I have tiny pentacles coming. I'm going to launch that tomorrow. Very, very oh. tiny pentacles. That's awesome. Small enough to be earrings. Wow. So you tell us about them. That's. Well, it's just, you know, more. the same as my other pentacles, but smaller. Um, mm. So it just. And do you use different metals? I do. I do. So there's uh, there's seven different metals that I use. Uh, I currently do not sell any Saturn pentacles um, because I'm having issues with the lead being both soft and toxic. Um, but the other, the other pentacles are all according to their, uh, their virtues. So the sun one I'm, I'm wearing is gold plated because if it was solid gold, it would be, it'd be pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and then lunar I'll do in silver. Um, I, I do, uh, stainless steel for Mars, copper for Venus, um, nickel silver for mercury, tin, um, actually pewter, which is a tin alloy for, for Jupiter. So. That's great. And do you, do they come just as pentacles or can you get them with the different chains or the different ropes as the, to wear or just the pentacle and the people do whatever they wish with that? How do so, you so I, I, I ship them with a plain chain. Um, I'm wearing a fancy one because, uh, I wear it all the time and make jewelry. So I, I just put mine on, on a nice little chain, but, um, yeah, so they don't actually necessarily have to be worn to be worked with. So I have, I have certain pentacles that I've never worn. Like I, I almost never wear, um, I've never worn the second of mercury, I believe. Uh, I just keep it near me or keep it in my wallet. Uh, I have other pentacles that live on my altars because um, I have a, a space for them. Um, my first pentacle of the moon is now attached to a little pillow that is in my bed. Um, so you can wear them, but in a lot of cases, you don't have to, to get the effect. Great. And so are you finding that your followers are starting with one and then branching out and they want more and more and more? Um, that's generally true, though, um, in, and then I suppose the last year or so, I've had more new customers buy a lot of things at once. Um, and I think, I think that part of that is um, I've, got, I've got reviews on my site. So I've, I've set it up with a third-party review app where um, 20 days after you make your purchase, you get a pretty little email that says like, hey, do you have any questions? Uh, if you'd like to talk about how to, how to use this or you need help, please contact me. Or uh, if everything's fine, please leave a review. So at this point I have over 200 five-star reviews um, and I, I think that they go there and see the reviews and feel confident about that. Excellent. And they want them all. Some health, <laughs> some money, some... <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, I have been eyeing up that first of the pentacle dream pillow that you have going. Can you tell us a little bit uh, about what 
it can be used for, how people can employ it, and uh, what gave you the idea? Yeah, so I, um, so the first pinnacle of the moon is got a lot of different things it does. I recently put out a newsletter written by my in-person friend, Sarah Mastros. Uh, so that newsletter is on my website and it goes into great detail about the different uh, names and the, the verse on the pentacle and uh, intuiting how it can be used based on, on that. Um, people find that it aids in sleeping. Um, they can have more vivid dreams as a result of it. Uh, you can petition the spirits to give you information that will then be revealed to you in dreams. Um, you, uh, oh, I have, a, I have a funny story about this. I, I had, uh, this was before I, I had the little pillow and when it was just a larger pentacle that I slipped into my pillowcase and then largely forgot about. So I was, I was in bed one day and I was chatting with one of my friends who's, who's in a different country and there was a time zone issue. Um, and I was, I was messaging her and she was doing something else. So there were, uh, there were delays in responses and sometime during the conversation, I just fell asleep, right? I was already in bed and it was late. So I fell asleep. And then the next morning she contacted me and she said, you know, I had a dream about you. And in this dream, you came and you said all of this stuff that I meant to say to her, if the conversation had continued. Wow. <laughs> so, so I, that was on my mind as I fell asleep with my head on the first of the moon. And I was like, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> but, it, but it was like accidental magic um, that I contacted my friend because I was thinking about her as I fell asleep with this pentacle. That's very fun. So yeah, with the, with the association with dreams and sleep and, and all of that information, I thought that it would just be really cute to have uh, a tiny one and attach it to a pillow. Uh, so that's my lunar dream pillow. It's just the first of the moon on a little pillow. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm definitely going to have to try that out with my first of the moon that I have. I've been meaning to get around to it and just have not. Yeah. Um, now I have another listener question here asking about the pentacles of Mars. Some of them seem fairly dangerous, like they can cause storms and hail and tempest and things. Have, have you ever experienced this with these more dangerous pentacles? I have, and that's why I don't sell them. So um, interestingly enough, uh, that, that Mars, the seventh pentacle of Mars, which is for, for hail and tempests. Uh, so I made it and uh, the, so it's, okay, so, so it's, the, it's like that week that this happened. So I started consecrating it on a, on a Tuesday in the hour of Mars, but my rituals, I do them with seven day candles. So they, they, they run several days, right? So that Friday, uh, I'd just woken up and like sitting on my couch, groggy, drinking coffee. And all of a sudden I get a text from my mom and she's like, be ready to hide in the basement, you know? And I was like, what? And then I, and then like my phone beeped and I got a tornado warning. It was like, this is like February in Wilmington, Delaware, which is on the East coast. So we don't, 
get tornadoes like that in February. That's never been a thing. I, I went to um, all of the Delaware records of storms and that we've never had a, a tornado in February. That's absurd. Um, though I will say that climate change has changed a lot of things, but um, you know, still groggy, not considering that it could possibly have been my fault. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, and then I, I go and I, I go to look out outside and I realize that it's hailing also. And I'm like, um, maybe this is, maybe this is the pinnacle, but I had only made the pinnacle and consecrated it. I did not petition those spirits to do that. But when they came, they came with the storms. So uh, that was my mistake. I did not realize they would do that. And there were multiple tornadoes. Um, and I, oops. <laughs> so so I, I, I then went to my amulet group that I run on Facebook and I was like, hey, just PSA, this happened. Be careful. Or, <laughs> or, awesome. or, or possibly if you petition them to say, hey, when you come, don't bring the storms with you. Um, now, separately, I did make the Saturn pinnacle of earthquakes, and there was no earthquake when I made that. So that consecrated, and it was fine, and did not cause an earthquake. Your <laughs> <laughs> well, mileage may vary. Very cool. And yeah, I, I mean, like you say, the thaumaturgy and the miracles that happen with this magic can be super, super cool sometimes. So it's very interesting that you have actually had, you know, hail and tempest happen with the pentacle that says that it does, you know, that's. Yeah, and it, it could have just been a coincidence that that very week that I consecrated the pentacle of hail and tempests, that we had tornadoes and hail, and it coincided with the day the ritual ended. <laughs> and also stopped as soon as I petitioned those spirits to make it stop. It was like, uh, hey guys, <laughs> you're cool. That was great. You're very powerful. Please stop. And then they did. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, Sandra, I know you've got lots of questions loaded there and you don't have the same experience that I have. So you, it, might, it might be cool to get some more of a beginner's perspective on Allison's work. And so if you can ask away, that'd be great. Well, I'm picturing that you need a stack of these <laughs> so that you have, you know, all of your areas covered. So you have your wealth and your health and your love. So would you have, would you bring on a trifecta and wear all three together or would that just be too much? And so I, I do know people crazy. that wear up to 12 at once, Oh um, wow! but I, uh, I think that would be overkill for me. And like I said, I've got a really close relationship with these spirits because I, I work with them constantly. Um, so it doesn't take as much effort for me to get their attention. Um, and I may not even need the pentacle anymore after I have made it and already done the big ritual to contact the spirits. Um, sometimes I can just think of them and be like, Hey, and I'll, and I'll get an answer, especially with mercury spirits, spirits of mercury, because they're very easy to communicate with. 
Um, so I, I do like having, I do like having dozens of pentacles, even if I'm not wearing them all the time. And if you could see my desk, it's just full of pentacles. I just got like stuff <laughs> all over the place. Just <laughs> so yeah. for our listeners that are new to this, like I am, where how do they start? What how would you start someone new down this journey, this path with you? Um, do you mean if they wanted to get a pentacle or if they wanted to make a pentacle themselves? Oh, I would think get a pentacle first would you not okay. think so rather than I, I, diving I feel, in and doing no i so i feel that this magic is actually very accessible um and i know zariel you've started teaching classes with um adam darkly or adam Kroger. Yep. yep so um you know if people do want to learn more about how to make them they could certainly take one of those classes because i believe that's covered right how to make them yeah, we, we uh, cover, we, we just did a Jupiter class. So if people yeah. wanted to start with money magic, it, you know, it, for me, that's the obvious place to start. So it, and, it uh, yeah, and then we, we cover a whole bunch of stuff on, you know, how to, we use a, I use a method similar to uh, Balthazar Conjure. Um, but of course, I, I involve my own, uh, my own experiences over the years of playing right. with these. And so we, we, there's quite a bit covered in that. So yeah, you can learn how to consecrate and create your own in there. Um, and then, like you say, there's lots of books to learn from, right? I mean, you've got the veritable key, you've got the uh, key of Solomon. There's, you know, so many different places to look. And, you know, my biggest advice to people starting out is don't be afraid to try it. Um, so yeah, many exactly. people get, so many people get caught up in, you know, well, what if I fuck up? Well, if you fuck up, you fuck up, but you, you don't learn how to do it if you don't, right? Any great tornadoes, right? Exactly. (laughs) Any good thing worth learning is worth uh, screwing up a few times and learning from your mistakes, right? Right. And and what you said about uh, starting with Jupiter—that is usually what I suggest that people start with the second of Jupiter, which is the one for um, prosperity and money. So. it's also, you know, a little selfish of me because if I, I start a customer off with something that gives them money, then they're going to have more money to spend with me. It just it makes, makes sense. sense. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. I'm just going to check and see what else we have here for listener questions. Oh, we do have one here. So there is a class of spirits described in the Key of Solomon under the Mercury Pentacles, and they are called the Alatori. What yes. are the Alatori, and have you worked with them? Oh, yes. Uh, the Alatori are great. Um, they're actually some of the best spirits to work with, in my opinion. Um, they are uh, they are like emissaries and diplomats. So they there's there's a whole horde of them there's there's many many spirits in the alatory and they can do things like finding answers to questions for you um but they will also find other spirits for you so uh there's been many times where i as a practicing magician can say all right i need a spirit who's a specialist in doing whatever and i'll say spirits of the alatory go find me a spirit that is willing and able to do this thing for me, you know, and then put me in touch with them. So, you know, go out there and, and make those connections. Right. But they'll, um, 
they, they will also just pop information into your head. Uh, and they, uh, the Alatori were actually the first spirits that uh, I could easily hear in my head. Um, that's how easy they were to communicate with because that was getting words from spirits was hard for me unless I was in a ritual or trance state or had done some sort of preparation beforehand. But I'll, you know, just find myself like making stuff in the kitchen and I'll pop up with, with comments. Very That's cool. awesome. So can people, do you do work for, if somebody can, okay, I'll start over. Too many thoughts going on. Are you, can listeners reach out to you and they have a problem and you work through that for them? Or do you just make the pentacle and send it to them and they do the work? So can they, or do both? Oh, right. Do I offer services? Uh, I do not offer services right now. Um, I just make pentacles. Um, largely, uh, you know, people can reach out to me. I've got uh, contact information on my website, which is practicalcult.com. Um, but, uh, you know, usually the spirits just, uh, the spirits of the pentacles will continue to work with you. Whereas if I did a petition for you, it, it's a single petition, right? Whereas if you purchased a second pentacle of Jupiter, you could just keep petitioning those spirits yourself. So, um, you know, it's, it's more like having, um, having someone on your side in your house, just, just there for you. Okay, great. That makes sense to me. Have it there. <laughs> and, and a lot of times when I do, when I do work for other people, I'm literally just petitioning my pentacles on their behalf. So that's another thing that you can do. Yeah. Your, your pentacles don't just help you. You can virtually loan them out by petitioning them on behalf of other people. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll get uh, a friend of mine who will say like, Hey, I think I'm, I'm in a dangerous situation right now. Can you help me? And I'll be like, let me, let me petition my Mars pentacle to watch over you. So great. So you do it in a way, in a way you do services then really. Well, I, I mean, I mostly only do this for, um, I, like, I don't, I don't professionally do services. I just do them as needed for mostly friends and community right. members. Um, Who's close that's, to that's you, your circle. Yeah. That's another thing too. Um, I like to be, I like to consider myself a community practitioner. I'm like I'm here to provide continuous customer service. I'm here to look around at what other people in the community are doing and also how I can partner with them and how we can strengthen the community. Right. So that's, that's part of how, uh, Zariel and I knew each other because, uh, I see that in him also. And he and I have partnered um, in different ways to, to do different things. It's so great to work as a community, isn't it? Everybody wins then. It just becomes stronger and Absolutely. helps so many more people, really. Yeah, and, and there's, there needs to be more of that. Um, as, as everyone knows, uh, the occult can get very, very catty and, you know, like, like mean girls sometimes. And, and I'd, I'd like to see less of that. Um, including, including in myself, right. You know, we're all, we're all human too. And I have, uh, 
I have reactions to things, but I try to keep them to myself. <laughs> we all have reactions, right? <laughs> right. Sometimes For it's sure. like, okay, oh, yeah. dial that back in. But I think it can be much more powerful and far reaching when everybody can work together. Absolutely. The same sandbox and because everybody comes with such a different skill set. Absolutely. Um, I've, uh, I've also partnered with, uh, with the aforementioned Adam, who um, was probably on your list of people to interview today. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've done that interview already, but uh, he and I have done collaborations before where um, uh, we currently have a, a Venus collaboration, which pairs um, you know, the customer's choice of Venus Pentacle with his uh, Venus oil, his Venus incense, and a consecrated candle. So see that that's people, a perfect blend, right? That's exactly. Perfect. Like you could get the pentacle, but if you wanted to get a whole whole little spell kit and do your own rituals, we've got that too. Right. That's fantastic. I am I'm a nerd who loves magic and wants to share <laughs> my love of magic. And I, I'm also excited to see people doing magic, right? I'm not over here yeah. like I am the, I am the best sorceress in the whole earth and nobody can touch me. No, like do your thing, like try it out, experiences, like, you know, get out there and like burn your fingers. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I especially love when I hear when someone has learned something from me that they use to help someone else. Like that's the best. Absolutely. Right. It just, ah, yeah, the whole they picked up what you were laying down and yeah. spread it and shared it. That's how it all grows and does great things together, right? Mm -hmm. And and also the you know the more people that do this magic, the more I learn, right? I I, I sometimes even learn things from my my customers where they'll petition a pentacle for something that I didn't know that pentacle did. I'll be like, oh, that's clever, <laughs> you know, and, and then it works out. Yeah. The note of that. Forever learning. Yeah, much much like the the mercury and electronics. You know, I, I don't know that anyone had had actually tried that. I mean, they might have, but if they were, they weren't really talking about it. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to try sure. absurd things, and the worst that can happen is they don't work. Yeah. So what is ahead for you, like in the for this year and then going forward, what is your big dreams per se? Um, like I said, I, I plan to write more about the uh, Greek magical papyri. And uh, as of last year, I started doing presentations here and there at conferences. Um, Great. I do plan to do more of that uh, in the future, but I think that this year I might not do any conferences and might just stick to writing. Um, so I, uh, I, I have a lot of things to say about the Greek magical papyri that I don't think other people are saying, uh, and I'd, I'd very much like to share that. Awesome. That's exciting. We look forward to that. Thanks. Absolutely. So are you planning to release a book then this year, Allison, or what are you working on with your writing? Um, right now, I'm finishing up a paper on a single spell, and that's basically the culmination of at least a year of effort, um, research, and uh, longer, more than a year of testing the spell. So 
Yeah, and that's one spell. So um, what I am looking for is uh, um, my friend Brian Alt, who is another person in the PGM study group, uh, is putting together a book called Interlinear Magic, which is new translations of many of the spells of the PGM. So I'm very, very excited for that to come out. That was a uh, Kickstarter that I backed earlier this year. Yeah, I did too. It was kind of hard not to jump on that one. <laughs> All right. So I do have another listener question here for you if we have uh, enough time. And it is about the pentacles of the sun that say that they bring spirits to visible appearance. What has been your experience with this? Yes. So uh, my personal experience has been that it improved my scrying. So I um, was in a ritual with my actual scryer who was very, very psychic and uh, sees everything clearly and hears everything clearly. And I was, I was sitting there and I have, a, I have a crystal scrying ball for my drawing spirits into crystals uh, work. Um, and I was staring at the crystal and I could see these uh, pinpoints of light reflected and it was the light for my candles uh, that I had going in the ritual. And as I, and as I had the pentacle, which is the, um, uh, I believe that's the fourth pentacle of the sun. Um, it was like, it was like a face came into focus, like it was far away and then it started to come in. And as it, as it came in closer, I could see more and more detail and the pinpoints of the candle turned into two eyes and then the face like just became more defined until it was um, like angular and inhuman, right? Like it was definitely humanoid, but not what I was expecting. Um, and I described it to my scryer and they said, yes, I've been looking at that for five minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, that has been my personal experience. That was my first personal experience testing it. Um, but I've also heard that um, it may cause people to reveal more personal information about themselves. Uh, so, so folks have said that they've had it with them and all of a sudden this person that they see in the course of their job but don't really talk to just completely opened up with their life story so it's a uh, very interesting it might it might do that but once again you know that comes down to having to test these things out in the field um and and just getting people's stories about how they're working yeah absolutely that was great. So Sandra, do you have any more questions here before we're getting ready to wrap up or? No, I think I'm good. Thank you for all that explanations, Allison, and where you're headed. And it's pretty exciting stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me.